Morning. Hey, hey, hey. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still recuperating from last night's festivities, but I am ready to go. All right. I see that everybody's getting your bookings in order and getting everything back to normal, so to speak, now that Miss Corona is a little bit more under control. But you had a lot of digital goings on during the pandemic that kept you pretty occupied, I noticed. Oh, all right. So the whole point of this episode is I do a Pride, I've done a Pride series um, since I started the podcast and highlighted different things about the LGBTQIA plus community just to give my thoughts and my feelings on things I felt was important. And one of those things is drag because I, since I am semi-retired from drag performing myself, it's something that has a cold, warm place in my heart. Um, and also, I wanted to feature you because there was a point in time where I actually almost competed in one of your competitions, but ended up doing Diva Search at Escalada instead because my friends were not 21 at the time. And at the time, the night where I was supposed to compete, when I was supposed to compete, Splash was 21 plus, and I couldn't make it. But since then, off and on, we kept in contact with social media and stuff like that. You've given me advice and answered questions when I've asked. And then I had the privilege of working with you um, very recently. And I felt that you were somebody that was a great representation of what I felt drag was supposed to be able to drag. Um, so first question will be, how did you get or create your drag name? Um, how did I create my drag name? So when I was in high school, uh, about the 12th grade, we all had drag names. Me and my two friends, we had drag names. And my my drag name that I picked was Macadamia Serendipity because I like Macadamia Nuts. And mm -hmm. um, I thought that would be a little bit too long to put on a marquee. See, I was thinking way ahead of myself. And I said, well, that's going to be too much to put on a marquee. Let's change it to Tequila Sunrise. And, okay. um, you know, Tequila Sunrise is a drink. It's a movie. It's, you know, very cliche-ish cliche type drag name and stuff. And um, I wanted my name to be a little bit more original just in case anyone else had came up, you know, came up with the idea. Because, you know, back then, your name is the most original and the most uh, unique. But that was way before the internet, you know. Um, so the same, you know kiki of a joke of a name that you've had somebody else thought of it too so i mm -hmm. wanted my name to be more original and i changed it to harmonica sunbeam and um and that's the only drag name i've ever used um since i started all right well that adds to the next question what's why did you start doing drag and, um I started in ballroom. So the first time I ever did drag was at a ball for Paris Dupree's uh, Paris's Burning Ball at Tracks in New York City. Um, and she always had a category called Butch Queen First Time in Drag at a Ball. And that's when I started. You know, I thought it was going to be pretty interesting. I didn't know what I was going to look like. I didn't know anything, basically. And all my house members, the House of Adonis, they put me together, made me an outfit, and painted my face and did my hair and all I had to do was go out there and sell it and until this day there are still some bitter bitches that I won <laughs> we, we all have those pictures of first starting out where um our foundation matches not been found yet 
Mm. Um, oh, but I was I, have I was good. I don't know. I was good because I had. Well, they did me well. You know what I mean. They did me well. Okay. You know, right? I have some floating around that um I need to have destroyed. Well, when I <laughs> when I started doing it myself, now that's a whole other story. Yes, I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> my, my mother ran into one where my neck was about five shades darker than my face, and she said, "Not never." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we used the resources that we had available. Exactly, because yeah. I and the knowledge doing... and the knowledge that we had available, you know, this is true. Because I started doing drag when I was in college for like charity shows for the school and stuff, and I didn't have money for makeup, so I was borrowing stuff from all the girls in the dorm trying to figure out how to make cover girl, cover boy. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I got better, but there's still some. <laughs> Some stuff that I'm glad social media wasn't as prevalent as it was now as it back then because that would have been very embarrassing. Well, um, you know, it, just, it shows your growth. Yes, very. Um, and growth is a good thing. That leads to the next question: What do you think is the most important thing for a queen? I think the most important thing is to be able to 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 is to have thick skin. You know, um, you're you're entering a uh, industry where there are a lot of uh, you get a lot of criticism and judgment from the people you work with and also the people that come to see you. And some of it may be constructive and for the well-being of your brand and so forth. But others can just be rude and nasty and shady. And if you can't push through and take the good with the bad out of those out of that commentary then you won't make it okay um what do you see as an item now this goes into the technical elements of drag what do you think is an item that every queen must have or must a skill every queen must perfect well i mean if you're going to lip sync you know you should you know you should really be perfecting that. You know, I think that um, we should also challenge ourselves with songs that we may not be as comfortable with. Uh, and we should also uh, to rehearse, you know, what needs, you know, what, what you need to do before you present it on stage. You know, um, you know, our nerves sometimes get the best of us. And there are other factors that may hinder our performance that are out of our out of our control. But as long as you know the part that you played in it, that you did it at 100%, then you're good. Okay. Now, the next question is thought of whenever we interview queens or we talk to people who are involved in drag is considered a little spicy. What do you think the influence of drag race has done to the drag community? Well, it has its advantages and disadvantages, I believe. The influence of drag race on the community it, uh, I'll say one of the advantages is, is that it has opened drag up to mainstream. Uh, years ago, I couldn't walk into a restaurant or, a, 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 yeah, a restaurant or a, a bar, even a straight bar perhaps, and say, hey, are you interested in drag brunch or drag bingo? They would have, you know, immediately throw me out, you know. But these days, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can bring up that question and get full response and, and, and a meeting out of, out of just asking that question because people know that uh, crowds come to 
dance with drag queens and whether the crowd is straight or gay, it's going to be a crowd that's coming in love and fun and coming to spend some money. So it's a win-win for both communities, uh, the drag community, as well as the, uh, the uh, restaurant or the hospitality industry as well. And one of the disadvantages of drag race may be that people watch a show and they take it as is. And they also, because it's a show, a lot of people think that our jobs are a lot easier than what they are. Or they also feel that um, they can do our jobs better than we can with no experience at all. And so that's where it gets a little tricky um, because um, that's it's just not so. You know, anyone who has ever talk smack in the audience and then attempted to do drag will surely have a change of heart. And it's funny that you mentioned that because you mentioned your start coming in the ballroom scene and with um, things like Legendary and Pose, they're getting a lot of the, hear a lot of the same commentary echoing the same sentiment is that people are seeing things on TV and thinking they can do it or they now have a level of expertise to critique something they don't have a full knowledge or experience of. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it happens in so many facets. I mean, look at look at the Super Bowl. People will sit there and say, oh, J-Lo was horrible or this person was bad. It wasn't that great. But they've never put together, you know, the, 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 the biggest accolade you have is being a strawberry in the third grade play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just like some people really have a lot of nerve to sit back and, and talk smack about others, at least people who are trying to do something and who are creative. Will we hit the nail on the head at everything that we do? No. But the thought is that we attempted to do it and we put our best foot forward. Very true. So, this is, these are going to be the last two questions and they kind of, well, one is important and one is going to be important for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So, the important one is going into we're already amidst five years in 2021 coming off of the COVID-19 pandemic. The last major pride we were open for was World Pride. Last year was kind of a, we'll call it a year of self-reflection. Now going into pride season of 2021, what would you say are some words of wisdom you would have for the community as a whole? Well, um, I would say that you, you saw what 2020 was like, right? And we've all experienced having whatever it was taken away from us and to some degree, whether it be a job, whether it be the freedom of traveling, whether it be uh, finances and things of that nature. Um, and so we've got to we've got to enjoy and live in the moment. A lot of times we put so many things off and, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'll wait until do this. And now you see when everything is ripped right from under you. Um, you realize, wow, I really should have done X, Y, and Z. So I'm saying basically to live life with no regrets, you know, um, go to that country, you know, do that party, make that event, you know, do the things that you really want to do because, you know, our our lives, are, we, we don't know how, how much time we have here on earth and we never know what what uh, situations may come come about that may restrict us from enjoying some of the simpler things in life. So enjoy it as much as you can while you can. All right. That's perfect. That's, I think that's something everybody needs to hear now 
especially with everything opening back up and people trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives moving forward. And where can everybody find you on social media as well? Um, you can find me on um, Instagram under H Sunbeam, H Sunbeam on Instagram, as well as Facebook under Harmonica Sunbeam. And um, you can find me on my website for booking purposes under the Harmonica Sunbeam, theharmonicasunbeam.com. Perfect. And that was the more important one is just like you said, part of the world opening back up is so many people are more open to drag artists performing. And I want to make sure that if anything can come your way, you deserve the best in the possible world and people need to be able to see your art and your work. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. I will talk to you very, very soon and enjoy the rest of Pride season. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And you enjoy your Pride season as well, too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Welcome to the show, though you've been on here before, but we're going to be speaking about your alter ego. So if you could introduce the queen that we will be discussing to the viewers or yes. listeners. Hello, everyone. This is Scrawberry Fields. Um, I'm your local queen from New York City. So, the whole point of this episode was, last year when I did my Pride episode, I did kind of like a multi-guest thing where I had different people talk about their views about Pride. And I felt this year I wanted to highlight the girls. Right. Because last year I also did the trans um, women episode, but a lot of people are getting a lot more visibility with things opening up for a lot of the drag performers getting back to work and getting bookings and stuff like that. So I figured this was a good way to highlight and give some people some free publicity and advertising and stuff like that. So we're going to talk a little bit and go through a couple of questions just to give the people a little bit of insight into what drag is. So how long have you been doing drag officially? Um, officially, this would be my second year. Se- all yeah. right. All right. And yeah. how did you... Why and how did you start doing drag? How did how did Scrawberry come about? But for the longest time, it was like friends were telling me, "Oh, I should do it. and I should do it," and I'm like pushing it off. I'm like, "No, you know, it's not. It's not me. I don't see myself doing." It. But the drag bug sneaks sneaks up on everyone. Literally, every queen. It it kind of just like sneaks up a little bit, and um, I would just see like a lot of queens in like New York City. Like, I would go see Monet and, and Bob and um, Miss Cracker and all the, when, when everyone was, like, local queens and still in New York, I would go to a lot of shows. And I was, like, I would look and I'd be like, you know what, I can do that. And just mesmerized by the, the, the performances that these girls put on just to entertain and just being entertain and put smiles on people's faces is something that I, I wanted to um, so I got in contact with um, Susia who we were friends beforehand um, my drag mother the queen and she she kind of helped birth this month <laughs> so oh, that leads to the next question where did the name come from very Actually, it was it was it was it was a joke at first, because you know, growing up, you know, in the hood, <laughs> the girls would they, they said a strawberry, they would say strawberry, 
yeah. they, would, they would add that 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 K to it. I was joking with our friends one day, and I was like, and kind of just stuck, and became okay. <laughs> now, as you've been doing drag for two years, what have you found is the most important element of drag? Um, for me, the most important element of drag is your performance and and how well you can entertain a crowd because because uh, the, 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 everyone loves a good show everyone when everyone goes to drag shows to see a show you know there's a lot of like queens in new york city about are the ones that put on a show and when you go to this thing you just have a good time. You see something different. So I think I think that that's that's key when, when it comes to be, uh, being in drag and being a drag queen. Okay. Now this question may get a little deep. What do you think the role is of drag within the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, as far as in the community, I think we are cheerleaders or we we are the we're kind of like the uh, the soldiers of the gay community of the lgbt community we're kind of like like the soldiers we're we're like right now we're kind of on the forefront and we're kind of like getting to that level of like mainstream and so um i i just think that that we play just like a a a key part in like getting messages across and you know just being able to like I said get messages across as far as um, through art and through expression so pretty much the likes of like Pissy Miles when she did um when she had her whole viral situation from DC and stuff like that or like the likes of Marty Gold Cummings and people like that right we, 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 we there's, there's a lot of us that, that um, things that, the, the performances that we do are, are to put a smile on everyone's faces, but we want to get, we also do things to get across and, and just to let people know, you know, we're here and what we're fighting for still. Okay. Yeah. So what has been the best advice you have received in your drag career so far? The best advice so far, all right. I think I've heard this from several, several queens. It's just to have fun. I think as like young, as, as a young queen, well, I'm still kind of, I'm still a baby queen. I consider myself still a baby queen. But um, as young queens who are um, getting their footing in, although it's great to take our art, it's, it's important to take your art seriously, but we take it so seriously that we forget to have fun. We forget to let go. And we forget to just express ourselves and be ourselves while on stage. Because I think okay. that's, what, that's what gets people to fall in love with you is to be yourself. So that leads to a question that whenever this topic is brought up, it gets a little spicy with people's opinions. And some don't like answering this because they are looking at their career in the forefront. But 
what do you think the influence of drag race has had on the drag community in your as you've seen oh i'm gonna say it because listen i think i i I love the show don't get me wrong but i think drag race has painted a picture of what drag should and should only be since you know a lot of the time work they don't have these you know these funds and these extravagant outfits to put to to pull out but they they do show their creativity in different ways but i think drag race has painted a picture of you have to be this way or you have to look this way and has you have to have you have to do drag this way you can't be like a um a bearded queen or you can't be like a um just just show more butchness i mean we we've seen it in the past but it's been it's still that barrier up as far as what drag is or her comment about when she talked on uk when she said she doesn't want to see h&m on the runway exactly but listen i you can turn a fierce you can you can get something for h&m and put some fucking bedazzle that bitch and make it make it something and what about the positive that you've seen come out of it um the positive thing is like you know, like I mentioned before, we're 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 kinda on we're we're kinda getting to that mainstream space. I don't wanna say we're we're mainstream, but we're 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 very close. So we're 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 getting there. We're racist break that ceiling. As far, or or like push us further out there to normalize us. Okay. Even, even normalize us even within our own community. Okay, that I think I was going to say that's a really good point because there have been points and times in history and even um, Harmonica touched on this a little bit where you couldn't just walk outside do things in drag because society looked at things a certain way and it's now being, it's now to the point where people can go out and drag people are like working at non-LGBT venues hosting drag and LGBT events. Right. Because of the visibility that drag race has brought about, which I think is a great thing that has come. But since yeah. you mentioned the community, what would be your message to the community going into Pride season 2021, given the fact that World Pride was the last Pride that the world was open, and then 2020 was pretty much a Pride of self reflection because of the pandemic? What would you want? the community to take with them going into this Pride season, especially with the announcement of all of the restrictions being lifted ahead of schedule? Ooh, I, I, I think that um, last, like, like, like last year, we, we, didn't get, we, didn't, we didn't get much. And I think it, it was very much a, a self-reflective year. But this year, I, we, we, should, we have to like, not take things for granted. No, I, I want the community to really think and, and not take things for granted and just just celebrate life to the fullest. Because last year showed us that, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And I don't want to sound all mushy, but, you know. We, facts we, are facts. <laughs> right. We still have to, like, you know, just, just know that it, things aren't set in stone in this world. And 
the community has come such a long way and we we still have we still have some ways to go but we come such a long way and it's just you know just to just really just don't take things for granted and just celebrate life this year celebrate just celebrate life this pride and and be safe because i i listen they didn't they didn't lift through all the restriction laws but let's it's not get crazy just yet. <laughs> okay. So, like I said in the beginning, I want this to be a great opportunity to promote and get yourself some free publicity. So, please tell the listeners where they can find Squawberry Fields at. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Squawberry Fields. That is S K R A W B E R R Y underscore Fields. And you can, um, you can, you know, Follow me. Keep up with everything that I'm doing. You know, we have some some shows coming up in the very near future that I'm going to be on. You got some shows pop. You got shows popping up left and right, honey. Right, I'm trying. You know, the, the things are opening back up, and you know, I, I I tried to do the online thing, but it just wasn't working for me as much <laughs> as it was working for other girls. Other girls were able, but the way I move, I couldn't. But I'm just happy that, you know, things are opening back up and more opportunities are being able to, you know, happen for the girls. Right. So. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to do this. I'm posting the episode soon and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Yeah. I will talk to you later. Guys. Bye. Oh. Hello. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm alive. <laughs> How are Welcome you? to the show. I'm happy okay. to finally have you on here. Oh, she's been waiting. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners. Um, hi, listeners. My name is Stella Luna. I am Jersey City's premier dumb bitch. Um, yeah, I'm a beautiful woman, I promise, and a very ugly man. <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful introduction. So, what I wanted to do this year for my um, Pride series is I wanted to highlight not just people within the LGBT community, but also people that stand for something or integral parts. And I felt that it was drag queens that I wanted to highlight and feature because they play such an integral part in not just the entertainment and nightlife elements of. The community, but also giving voice to the community on a mainstream scale, thanks to the popularity shows like Drag Race and Pose and Legendary and things like that, featuring us in more of a mainstream view outside of just people seeing YouTube clips and nightclubs. So, last you, how did you start doing drag, Estella Lunar, or was she your first incarnation in drag, or is there more of a backstory? Um, I always tell people it's kind of convoluted uh, or complicated. Um, I did, uh, well, first off, I've always been doing drag <laughs> my entire life. I just didn't know it was drag, you know. I used to dress up at, like as, as a girl all the time. My mom would let me dress up as a princess for Halloween using my sister's old stuff. Like, I've always been dabbling in uh, the, the uh, theatrics. <laughs> of you know of the uh geesh but um I really started to think about doing drag uh what 
year was it? I was like 22, so back 2013, somewhere around there. It was, uh, I had just finished watching, um, actually, RuPaul's Drag Race season two, and that's what got me hooked on Drag Race. And I was like, oh, <clears throat> I didn't know that that was something like you can actually do and make money. And like, you know, it's it's not just this uh, thing you do at your house. You can go out and like express yourself and all that stuff. So I um, am originally from Boston and um, I started dabbling back home before I moved here to the New York, New Jersey area. And um, my name was not Stella Luna. <laughs> my name, I was not very uh, fond of it, which is why I shelved it. I had gone out a few times. Um, my drag was not what I wanted it to be because I hadn't quite really figured out what I wanted to do with my drag. I was just like, oh, let's just put on some makeup and, you know, call it a day. I wasn't using um, any good products. It was literally like powder powders. Like I literally like <laughs> I was trying to serve real woman and that just wasn't uh, something I could serve. <laughs> so yeah. I... Uh, my my name back then was uh, Junie, and my last name was Sequa, so it was Junie Sequa, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but also not quite what I wanted to serve. So, not on the brand you were trying. Not to on the brand, or I didn't know what the brand I wanted to create was. Honestly, I just was like, "This is gonna be fun. Let's do it." And like, it, it actually, uh, it wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't after. Um, it wasn't after season two, it was around season four. Cause I remember back then, uh, specifically in Boston, there was a bunch of um, alternative styled queens coming up. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of like the scene that I was like seeing. And it wasn't the, it, like, not that I don't like that type of drag, like the Sharon Needles, like the Dragula, like those types of, queens um it's just not what i mean you know me like i'm uh, like i always joke around and i say like i'm a pastel can i swear yes okay Uh, i always say that i'm a pastel pussy bitch like a live action anime girl so like that's not quite i mean i guess you could mesh the two but you know it just wasn't i i I still hadn't figured out what i wanted so when i had moved to new york new jersey um I kind of got caught up in like, I I was working in Manhattan and living in Jersey City. And I kind of just got caught up in like that New York lifestyle, you know, like club, another club, bus, another club, one of those things where, you know, I'm just working and partying and I'm young. And And I just like kids in between at some point. Yeah. So I like, I kept going through these moments where I was like, I would be like, yeah, I want to do drag. And then I would push it to the back burner and be like no I don't and then I would come back and be like yes I do no I don't yes I do no I don't <laughs> so <clears throat> finally I was working at this place here in um, Jersey City it's closed now but uh, it, was, it was called Tall Day <clears throat> and um, like have you ever seen that uh, viral video that Marty Gould Cummings with the baby shark thing yes it was that location so that place is it was like this uh, Asian fusion place very queer friendly and um, I had been working there for like two years and I was like trying to push them to do some sort of drag situation because there was not really any 
drag around Jersey City. Like I knew like there was like things that would pop up. Like I knew like of harmonica. Um, you know, I knew that like things were here and there, but it was like the only like real gay establishment that I knew of at that time was Pint and it was so small and I don't remember asking them like, Oh, do you guys do RuPaul's drag race viewings? And they were like, No. And so like <clears throat> I was really like vocal about trying to get drag into that space and uh when the old general manager left and the new general manager started the new general manager was a flaming homosexual and i was like okay let me push this again and he was all for it and he ended up um doing like these thursday night parties he brought in a bunch of like new york girls uh, marty was one of them and uh i was like okay now that this is happening, I'm going to start bringing it back out. And I want to like see, you know, I want to like, I'm a extroverted introvert. So like I, when I'm comfortable, I'm like very outgoing, but it takes me time to get used to things sometimes. And um, so I didn't want to perform right away. I was like, let me just go and drag and see how the reception is. And that's when I created Stella um, and I came up with a name because I wanted some sort of like nod to Sailor Moon because as you know, I'm a big anime nerd and Sailor Moon is like <clears throat> literally one of my like main things that I like absolutely adore. I think Sailor so, Moon has earned her gay icon status at this point. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> it's funny because when I was a kid, like I'm not like I didn't know many people besides like maybe a couple girls that liked Sailor Moon, but as I've gotten older, I've seen, like, so many queer people, like, love and identify with that uh, property, so it's, like, oh, I uh, definitely, uh, definitely was a, a queer child, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, um, and so I, that's where I got the Luna part of my name, because her cat's name is Luna, and then um, Stella comes from my mother, um, she calls me Stella when I'm being dramatic. She like, she be like, okay, calm down, Stella. And I was like, you know what, bitch? <laughs> you name me once, I'm gonna let you name me twice. And so I kind of just put the two names together, and it sounds nice. And I like that it's like a, it's it's a very pretty name, but um, I'm a very dumb bitch, so it's like a very interesting <laughs> dichotomy, which I kind of, that's my. Um, that's what I view my drag as, because like you expect one thing, and then I'm I'm completely different than what you perceive. And I, I think, think I think the interesting thing is when people see you perform and see your aesthetic, the name fits perfectly. Yeah, it's <laughs> very it's a very it's a very draggy name, but it's also very cartoonish at the same time. Yeah. Um. So now that you've created the persona of Stella Luna and got back into performing, what do you think is the most important element of drag? Hmm. I mean, honestly, I think it's uh, different for every person. Um, mm -hmm. I really do believe in like the mantra of everybody's drag is valid. My thing, my only stipulation, and I think you and I have talked about this, is um, whatever your drag is, do the best version of your drag. You know, like I you can half-ass things just don't look like you're half-assing because that's kind of like what drag is is like you are uh, oftentimes unless you're like a super successful you know working queen 
you know, you're, you're on a budget and like, you know, you have to make magic out of nothing. And, you know, I, and drag has changed so much that like, I expect some sort of heightened reality or heightened fantasy. So like, no matter what your drag is, just make it bigger, make it something unobtainable and like, uh, you know, serve a fantasy. That's what I look for in drag. And like, but there are other, you know, other people value more performing you know other people value comedy you know like it, it like there are things like people value aesthetic or like looks like it, it really just depends but <clears throat> I really do love all drag I just expect whatever your drag is to make it the best version of whatever your drag is so give a hundred percent whatever you're gonna do yeah now here's an interesting one what do you think is the impact drag has on the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, the visibility, <clears throat> you know, I, like I said earlier was, I didn't know that I could, I, I have always seen myself as like, um, <clears throat> I've never seen myself doing any type of job that isn't, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, that isn't like, um, artistic in some way like I went to art school and like I've never seen myself as like a nine to five type of person I've always told myself like whatever my career ends up being I, I see it being something in the arts and it's a very uh art is very subjective and like you know you there's no clear path so you kind of have to find a way to fit yourself into these different uh molds but I never thought that there was a way for me to uh you know I never thought that I could do drag and make it a job and make it something that like I could express my artistic abilities and stuff so seeing you know season two of Drag Race and realizing like oh I could do that and like I could make it not just an expression of my art and um you know have fun with it like I can make money off of it so like having um the exposure and and really just let, like showing people, specifically queer people, like, you know, you can do more, I think has been a real big impact in the past like 10, 15 years, you know, like it not only shows queer people that they can do things like this and like, you know, they don't have to be ashamed of it, but they can also, uh, that it also, shows non-queer people like a little glimpse into you know our world and there are so many non-queer people who you know are obsessed with drag and drag race and so like you know when we go to the when we go to do these shows there's so many straight people that like it's uh, like they've, they've always been there but you know I feel like the past like 10 15 years specifically because of drag race whether it be good or not you know it it has really shined a light and it's kind of like you know peeled back the curtain and you know it's allowed us to kind of thrive well that leads into the next question which some girls get kind of spicy about because you mentioned the influence of drag race what do you think are the positive and negative influences drag race has had on drag culture and how people perceive drag uh, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> um, well, like, as I said, I think the biggest, like the biggest positive, is uh, the exposure and showing, you know, everyone the artistry and showing that it is 
like drag is great <laughs> like i like i love drag and now so many other people have access to like there are people in small towns who might not like queer or non-queer who might not have had access to this stuff because they don't live in a metropolis i've always grown up in the city so like i've always been around you know different culture i've always been around queerness like so but like i i understand that that's a privilege of mine you know like because of what i was born into and not a lot of people have that so i think the biggest positive with drag race is that it has expanded a lot of people's views it's it's exposed a lot of and that's what we need to do is like there needs to be more exposure in terms of you know anything that's non not like you know the quote-unquote uh, norm because the more you're exposed to these things the more uh the less the less scary things are the less like the more real things are you know so that is i think honestly its biggest um positive um for negatives <clears throat> i mean i really do think that a lot of people do drag now uh for the wrong reasons they don't do it for the love of drag they <laughs> this is my own personal opinion i feel like a lot of uh gay men decide oh i'm not gonna be famous at what i do so i'm gonna do drag and i'll get famous that way and or like they'll get into drag and their their end goal is i'm gonna be on drag race and it's like if that is your mo i feel like that's kind of setting you up for failure i even though i think a lot of people uh do gain success because they are very driven and um you know they have that you know they have that as a goal but i've always tried to have like monetary goals so it's like you know what do i want to do in this time frame like what is you know and you and i have talked about these things but like my when i started stella luna and like when i started at um you know the, the place that shall not be named i wanted to really build up the jersey city scene and because the uh place that i worked before they were bringing new york girls which is like not a bad thing because you know like we work with like even in jersey city we work with a lot of new york girls <clears throat> but there was such a like a, a big queer scene that i was like i want to make the jersey city scene about jersey queens so that was like a monetary goal for me you know some people don't have those things in mind so i think a bad thing about drag race is everybody thinks that they can do drag and everybody like not everybody but a lot of people their goal is i'm gonna get famous off of drag race and that becomes dangerous because then everything becomes you know oversaturated everybody does drag and it's like not you know well even more so a lot of those people go into it and don't have a plan for what if drag race doesn't work out yeah i mean it is what it is and like you know it's it, a lot of people are up in arms about how often drag races but i fucking love it i like i don't i don't mind that there's no break in between seasons like they literally just today before we got on the phone i was seeing on twitter um what's it called uh uk season three or series three uh is gonna be announced soon so yeah like, and this I'm is ready. first week for all star six too Right. Also, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but there's also an international All-Stars that's supposed to be coming out. They've already filmed I, it. it. Yeah, it's going to be. I've heard about the international All-Stars and also if there's a singing, a live singing competition coming too. Yeah. 
I don't know about that one. I probably I think that is that one on Paramount Plus. I, I on, believe like, that was supposed to be on Paramount Plus. Okay, that one. Then that because uh, I was I remember seeing that it was like on some sort of streaming thing, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna get that, so bye. <laughs> but if it's on Paramount Plus, I'm gonna get Paramount Plus for Drag Race. So, but next yeah. next interesting <laughs> question is, what has been the best advice you've gotten from another? I don't think I've gotten good advice from track weights, to be honest. You know, like I, um, I don't, I've never had like a drag family per se. You know, I've always kind of just been doing my own thing. Um, I have, you know, some good duties, but, um, you know, when I, when I started doing drag, I kind of fell into a situation where like I was the head queen of an establishment that, you know, put me in a position that not a lot of people wanted to, you know, not wanted to like me, but like, not a know, lot of if, people, if you're, if you're the boss lady, whatever you want to call it, you know, not a lot of people are gonna treat you the same as if you like you're their friend or whatnot. So I don't think a lot of people, not, not, not everyone, but there was a lot of people who weren't willing to, um, you know, treat me as a peer because I was quote unquote their boss, you know? So uh, that I, I went from that to my situation now, which is like, I'm not doing a lot of drag because of, you know, COVID because the club I was working at um, closed down, but they're, you know, they're possibly, uh, their uh, headroom is actually announcing um, their new Jersey City location this Wednesday, so I'm very excited about that. So we'll see. So that, that, get... was, that was a very swift moving scandal, I must say. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm actually so I'm very so so for the I'm 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 gonna update for people if they don't know. Oh wait, I'm gonna get to that part in a second. Oh, okay, gorgeous. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yes. Um, so... But yeah, so I'm not doing. I I I, I haven't gotten a lot of advice per se because I've always kind of just been doing my own thing um but I've learned so, like a lot of different tricks from drag queens I've like in terms of drag stuff you know so then we're gonna flip the question to what advice would you give to any new queen that's starting out um on it going back to like what we were saying is like do drag because you love drag you know what i mean like don't do drag because you see it as an easy ticket to like be famous because if you do that you're not gonna you're not gonna do well you might get to certain levels you might get to certain places but you know do drag because you like drag or love drag whatever you know like don't do it for the wrong reasons do it because it brings you happiness okay so what would your as we're rolling into the last week of Pride Month overall, we'll be celebrating all summer with different states and regions. And I know Jersey City Pride is in August, but what message would you give to the community for Pride season, seeing that the last Pride we were open to the public was World Pride, which was massive. Then last year, because of the pandemic, a lot of us spent time separated and had a Pride of self-reflection. What do you think should be the message going into the rest of Pride season for 2021? Just live in the moment and appreciate what you have because as we <laughs> saw last year and the year before, it can be swiftly taken away from you, you know. Um, but also be safe, you know, get vaccinated, do all that good stuff. You know, don't be stupid, but appreciate what you have because 
you don't know what <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen next year. All right. So now into the any updates on where they can find Stella Luna, where can they find Stella Luna on social media, what venues you were at, etc. Um, you can find Stella Luna on Cash App and Venmo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can. Uh, at the same place that you can find me on um, Instagram, which is all one word. It's the only Stella Luna. Uh, it's phonetic. If you don't know how to spell, I cannot help you. Um, and I am... It's such a weird time right now because of every like everything's starting to open back up and all these drag queens are hungry and like there's not really room for shows in certain places. So I am waiting i actually so i'll be at the chandelier room this wednesday um celebrating with uh the headroom they're doing satellite parties throughout the city like the tri-state area um this wednesday they are announcing their new jersey city location so i'm very excited about that i don't know where it's going to be i do know that it is in downtown jersey city so i hope that once that is announced i will be uh invited back there which i don't know why but um where else where else um i will be at hat city kitchen uh in orange um where else uh you might catch me at the ritz here and there you know i was gonna say i've seen i saw the video you popping up at the ritz i was like right i couldn't get out of work fast enough to come down (laughs) she tried well it was a very last minute thing so uh i'm trying to bring stella luna to the city because Jersey City, though it's a big city, is a very small um, situation. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to expand my horizons so that I can, you know, do more. You know, I'm, I love Jersey City and I'm always going to be a Jersey City girl, but I definitely need to start taking advantage of uh, how close the city is. And, you know, one thing I love about the New York girls is like they just stay in the same costume and do their show for an hour and a half and call it a night. No costume changes, no wig changes, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Even though when I did do the Ritz, I did do, I think, three costume changes. But, you know, that's that's my Jersey mentality coming out. But, you know, just look, look up on uh, Instagram. You'll find me. I will be around somewhere. Uh, there's a threat. All right. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Happy Pride and such (laughs) things. We look forward to seeing you all around the tri-state area. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.